Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm in Nicosia, the divided capital of Cyprus. It's a beautiful day here. Beach weather, loads of United fans on the beach in Ayanapa, in Larnaca, in Paphos. This podcast is brought to you in association with Betfred. Fred Dunn opened his first shop in Salford in 1967. So I've just been walking around central Nicosia. I crossed over the border, went into um, the northern Cyprus or the, the occupied side of the city, according to all the maps here after the 1974 invasion. Been seeing loads of United fans around. Just popped into Peter Bolton. How are you doing, Peter? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, tell me about your trip. Yeah, we've flown in Tuesday into Larnaca. Uh, two days in Larnaca. Come up today to Nicosia on the intercity bus. Uh, staying one night here and then back to Larnaca into the same apartment we stayed in before and uh, then flying back Saturday for the game on Sunday. Nice trip, no? Yeah, it's, it's been lovely. We've uh, bumped into lots of people. There's a lot of my mates are all over the place. I've got friends who've gone to Larnica, friends who've gone to Pathos, and because I'm of my age, I know nobody who's gone to Ayanapa. <laughs> I just saw some of the old uh, Salford lads and they were saying, I've been with the younger ones in, in Ayanapa, but they were no trouble. <laughs> I think there were, there were a lot there. And then, why, what's the time now? It's half past four. The game starts in just over three hours. Yeah. Why are you in Nicosia earlier? Why didn't well, you get the bus? Well, there was a, a, a bus that United were doing, but it's leaving at half five and they're not expected to get here till the, the hour before the game starts. And uh, one lad that I met in the pub last night, he said, that's a bit early. He said, I don't need to get there till kickoff. And I'm totally the opposite. I'll be going through the gate at two hours before kickoff and taking in the, everybody arriving and seeing what's around, get some pictures inside or even outside the stadium. So um, I'll be heading down shortly. I'm sure there's be some food or drink around, inside or outside, so that suits me. Yeah, it's good of United to, to run a bus for free, I think it is, yeah, from, I, I, from I, I, Larnaca. I, I, they ask, they ask for numbers. They're doing, yeah. And somebody's told me they're, they're also running a bus, and I, I think it's for free, from Pathos. Right. But that's coming at four o'clock, so I don't know how long it takes from Pathos. Our bus, we just got the intercity bus cost us about three euros I think so it's absolutely nothing but it took a good hour and 20 minutes but it did have bus stops you know whereas the yeah. United one will go straight from A to B won't it straight to the turnstiles type thing I also got the intercity bus it was four euros and four was it and very and very nice but my reaction to the bus leaving at R5 was exactly the same as yours um, is that enough time and it probably is but I reckon our reactions will be in the minority because yeah. the vast majority will prefer to stay for longer yeah. and roll up late on. They do, they do. I mean, it's obviously a different thing. I know some people that come here and if we're getting locked in from the 80th minute, they're bobbing out the ground to get out in the 79th minute. There's not a cat Whatever the score is today, I will be there at 90 whatever minutes. You know, like against City on Sunday, I was there till the players left the pitch and it was... Only a few hundred of us, but I was still there. You know, I don't go early. And I, I get in early and I go late, is my motto. So the footage of you leaving after 38 minutes, no. that, that, that's not true, is it? Def- that, that, def- that's false. 38 minutes, about what happened then. Is that so the... you, so you, you, you stayed, because it's quite an interesting subject, this. Um, I spoke to three people in the away end. Two of them went, one of them decided to, to stay. And I've seen discussions about it on the United We Stand forum. And most people say you should stay and support yeah. the team. Oh, but then... it's everybody t- I, I do not... When I saw people going, people next to me, they went to half-time and they didn't come back. Now, they either did one or two things, went and stayed in the bar, came back in the second half to a different seat, or they just went automatically. But one thing I did notice, and it's not a 
pop at City. But at half-time, loads of people go down to the, the bars and everything. And in the second half, when I looked round, the rest of the ground, not the United end, and there were hundreds and hundreds of empty seats all around. And I just thought, if I was a City fan, I would not be leaving at half-time, winning 4-0 in the derby. So they must have been United fans. And there were hundreds of them, you know, in the City seats. And all get, nobody came back, so they must have been... You know, Reds in the city seats, sitting on their hands and being quiet. And at 4-0, they thought, I'm, I'm giving up here, I'm not coming back anymore. But second half was OK, I enjoyed it. One United fan made that point about, and he had left early, Andy Thompson. He said, they were goading us. And the first half was still on. He said, but they weren't even in the seats. If that would have been the other way around and they would have been beating City 4-0, they yeah. wouldn't have been outside the ground no. or, or on the outer concourses, goading uh, yeah. away fans. Uh, how are you feeling about the Europa League and how important it is to United this season? Well, I, I like the Europa League. Obviously, you, you've got to go for the best league. But the two things I like about it, A, we've probably got more chance of winning it, and B, we get to places you know, like Kazakhstan and Moldova and Cyprus that you don't get to in the Champions League. I mean, I came to Cyprus in 2001 when we played an Israeli team, but you know, nowadays I come for more than the day trip like I did in, in the olden days. So I, I do like it. And, you know, you get to some strange and wonderful places you know you'd never imagine going to Moldova you know well, freezing Kazakhstan a few years ago and so it's so it's no uh, no good to me uh, it's, you know I think if we go to the conference league we might get to some more. even more strange places yeah. what's your name where are you from Dennis I'm from Ukraine I live in Amsterdam right now how long have you been living in Amsterdam four years okay yeah. you're, you're wearing a a t-shirt with a, a devil on it so I assume you're a Big United fan? Yeah, I am. I travel to all the ways, not like Peter, who's a part-timer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I go to all the Euro ways. Um, Europa League is like uh, it's a great thing for me personally. I like uh, I like traveling. Uh, I like seeing United play, even though typically the ninety minutes are the worst part of the trip, with how we approach some of those games. But in general, it's it's great, and I think like this season it should be. Um, a really good opportunity for us to win something um, should be a stepping stone for us but we'll see how it goes I don't know tell us about United fans in Ukraine because we know a few I've met some of them over the years what's the situation at the moment I've had reports this year of really well-known United fans losing their lives in the war there yes uh, it did happen uh, some of them lost their lives um, some of them are well known within like Ukraine within the Ukrainian fan club uh, I personally knew them and um, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Uh, the situation now is uh, a little bit better as Ukraine is on a counteroffensive, but uh, still, it's war. Uh, many people are dying, and uh, it's uh, it's incredibly important for people to still support Ukraine um, and donate if they can. Um, and that's how Ukraine will win this war. On my bus into Nicosia, uh, a lady sat next to me and. I started talking to her and she was from Donetsk mm -hmm. and she's lived here for three years. I said, oh, Manchester United played in, in Donetsk. I think it was yes. under Moyes 2013. 13, yes, indeed. And she went, yeah, the year before the war started. Yes. And that led to her um, leaving. Mm -hmm. And Donetsk had a brand new stadium, which ended up getting shelled. And, and this was happening seven years before yeah. the current invasion. Yes, indeed. And... Uh, um I think uh, it's even more heartbreaking for a lot of people who had to maybe move twice now. So first they moved in 2014 when the war first broke and now they had to move again, some of them. Um, a lot of them, um, is, you know, joined the armed forces and now um, defend the country. So, yeah, in, in, in a lot of ways, it's a, 
it's an incredibly heartbreaking thing. And um, yeah, as I said, it's uh, it's very important for people for people outside of Ukraine to still support Ukraine and talk to their elected representatives and donate if they can and volunteer, etc. Why Manchester United? Uh, I saw them on TV when I was very, very little, like around seven. And for some reason, they just stayed with me. And then uh, when I got to traveling um, uh, at uni, I just like started going to games and uh, made a lot of friends. Uh, and now it's just um, another excuse to meet uh, people I know and, and spend some time away. And uh, it's uh, for me, it obviously is always a, a trip, uh, be it to Manchester or like somewhere in Europe. So I make the most of it. Um, I appreciate that I might not be the, the, the super fans uh, or something like that. I think, but... I think traveling to every European game <laughs> from Amsterdam certainly marks you out as a committed uh, fan. Which was the game you saw when you were seven? Uh, it was the Juventus game uh, in the Champions League, uh, 99, yeah. And where were you from in Ukraine? Because United uh, played there in 2007. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've been to a few games uh, in Ukraine, yeah. actually in Donetsk. To see United, yeah. Yeah, to see United yes. in Donetsk uh, in uh, 2013, actually. That's with Spears, that's where we met. Yeah. Actually, and uh, yeah. I, I, I was very frightened walking to the stadium in Kiev in 2007. Uh, the mob of Dinamo fans were talking four or five hundred, mm. and I was I was by myself at that point. I was going to meet some people. I'm just glad I'm by myself at that point. Mm. I could just mingle away into the shopping yeah. crowds. It was a fearsome. It wasn't the best of memories, and I know a lot of people that sort of left a scar. And uh, since then, we've been to Odessa when we played uh, Zora, I think, in yeah. 2015, 16. Yeah, I don't Luh- remember. Zora, Luhansk. Luhansk, yeah. It's mad that United have played Luhansk and Donetsk, yeah. the, the two big cities of the yes, Donbass, in, exactly, in yes, such a uh, short period of time. Yeah, indeed, um, and uh, yeah, it was, it, it's always a trip. And I know that um, I believe it was before the um, game against Zoria that United sent this uh, sort of fan guide where they asked everyone to just sort of behave and not wear any colors and be on their guard and everything. Um, and a lot of people were a little bit scared uh, because of the bad memories that they had. But uh, I believe uh, the, uh, that Odessa trip was much better. Like uh, I think people paid a little bit safer, hopefully. But I don't know. Pete's, Pete, Pete is nodding, so there, there was <laughs> little, there was one incident where some United fans walking to the ground were yeah. surrounded, yeah. and they said it was pretty frightening. But one of those United fans was the boxer Anthony Crawler, who you know he's a right. world champion yes, boxer. Know, he yeah. actually enjoys fighting, yes. and he <laughs> yeah. just said, "Yeah, it was a bit, a bit of good exercise." You <laughs> know, he saw a few good punches coming. Right, oh. I'll give you a really hard quiz question then. Right. Which former Manchester United player has played in Donetsk this century? Professional football, really hardest. No way would I have known this unless I'd spoken to that person. Which Manchester United former Manchester player? United player mm-hmm. has played in Donetsk? So Fred obviously played for Shakhtar. Yes, of course, yes. That's but, the obvious uh, one. It's really, really hard. This person is now the most senior person at FC Barcelona. He joined Manchester United in 1996, and his father was extremely famous footballer from a city where you live. Krav. 
Yeah, Geordie yeah. Cruyff played really? in Donetsk. Really? He played in it. Wow. He played down two thousand and six. Okay. I mean, with all the hints, I sort of got there, but it's like I. Well, yeah, you would never. I would, no, I would no. never know. No, I, I would. Sorry. I would never, ever, ever have got it. But I vividly remember in two thousand and six speaking to him and him saying, "Yeah, I'm in Donetsk," and I never forgot that because it was yeah. such a weird place for him to go yeah, to. A little bit random, yes. And it wasn't for Shakhtar; it was for the other team. For the, okay. Yeah. Yes. So it was a proper bizarre oh, wow. one. Geordie Cruyff has also spent time in Cyprus as a manager and as a as a player as well so there you go it all ties together so and, yes. and, and <laughs> the manager of the best team in Cyprus at the moment is Henningberg oh, the manager of the today's thing is um, Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon today's I, thing Peter today's team today's thing. yeah today's game I don't know With, boys uh, you, we're going yeah. prediction for tonight oh we've got to win that'll What's do cool? me 2-1 2-0 2-1 we'll win thank you Hello everyone, I'm Panos, hello from Cyprus, United the Nomonia fan here, I'm here with Andy going to the stadium. So how did you feel when Omonia uh, drew with Manchester United? Uh, people cannot see me smiling but you can, it was like amazing, I had the opportunity to watch them play each other twice, it, it really was amazing. And why amazing? Do you have any links to Manchester or, or just, uh, just because you've all supported United as well? I've studied in Manchester for three years. Uh, I, I supported United since I was five or six years old. Um, and I, actually supporting Manchester United was the reason to choose Manchester to study. So yeah, I have strong links with the team. What did you think of Manchester as a city? When did you study there? What did you study? Um, I studied law. I was in Manchester between 2012 and 2015. Um, to be honest, I, I've never been there since 2015. I'm, I'm going next week, so I, I imagine it's going to be a completely different city. I, I liked studying there because it was not as busy as London, but it was not like a student city. I, I really loved Manchester. Tell us about Nicosia, the city which we're in now, the divided city which we're in. Nicosia. Um, we are the only city in Cyprus actually without the sea, so <laughs> this is a disadvantage for us. And um, we are the last occupied capital in the world. Half of the city is occupied um, by Turkey actually, but we love our city. It's a very nice city, home of Omonia Nicosia, of course, the capital of Cyprus. Um, but I, I imagine most, most people will know Ayanapa or Paphos or Limassol as a vacation destination, Stephen Nicosia. And Larnaca, where we flew to Larnaca, yesterday yeah, because for, of for the airport, airport and uh, I stayed there last night before the game. The, the team stayed there. If, uh, yeah, not, there's a new yeah. hotel there. So today I crossed over the border. I had to okay. have, show my passport and have it stamped. And I went into the other side of the city. What, what do you call the other side of the city? The occupied side. Oc it's, occupied. it's illegally occupied. Yeah. And um, are you, can you go there? Are you allowed to go there? Everyone is allowed to go yeah. there as, uh, as long as you have, to, you, you have to show identification to the border so they can write down who passes and you can go, yeah. Do people go there or is that not normal? No, a lot of people go there yeah. for, to see places, vacations, go grab a cup of coffee and come back. And Manchester has a big um, Greek Cypriot community. A yeah. lot of people... Mm -hmm moved to Manchester in, in 1974 after the, the invasion. Yep. Um, two of my, my best friends married uh, Greek Cypriot girls in Manchester. Okay. So I went to their weddings, which are long 
<laughs> it was a full Orthodox Christian wedding. It was the full Orthodox one, including uh, before the actual wedding, going to Cheatham Hill in Manchester to see the the priest. Is that right? The yep. guy. Yep. And he was like, uh, he had like a a silver something which he was swinging well, around with, or with yeah, smoke coming out of it. Yeah, uh, it's called. Um, sorry, I don't know the how to call it in English. I know if yeah. if it's has a, a word in English for that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I know the the full experience. And and I, I think in Manchester, but I, I, maybe London has got a big uh, Greek Cypriot community as well. Um, of um, of course, there are more Greek Cypriots in London than in Manchester. But the, the, at least ten years ago, when I studied, there were a lot of Cypriot students in Manchester. A lot of them studying in Salford University and Manchester Metropolitan. Not so many in Manchester University, but in, in Birmingham as well, Sheffield nearby city. So every weekend there were a lot of Cypriots in Manchester. So I can see a road sign here saying Lefkosia and in brackets Nicosia, which is correct because I only know it as Nicosia. Nicosia is an English international okay. name of the city, but if you want to be correct, you call it Lefkosia if you... If you like to pronounce cities as the, as the, you know, as the locals pronounce them, it's Lefkosia. Tell you a little story. In 1993, I went to watch Manchester United play Galatasaray and we had a bad, bad, bad experience. And we all got deported from Istanbul. We did nothing wrong. We had our passports confiscated. We got back onto the plane and the Turkish police were very aggressive with us. They walked onto the plane and They had all of our passports in a black bin and they just threw them onto the floor. And the last person onto the plane shouted, Nicosia is Greek. <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he, that did not provoke, uh, prompt a positive reaction, no, if I'm, I'm being sure, diplomatic. I'm sure <laughs> But I, I'll never for, forget that. So tell me a little bit about your other team, Omonia. Do you go and watch them play? Yep. Um... Actually, I, I didn't go for many years, but this year I got my season ticket. I go, I try to go to every game. Okay, the the, the difference in quality compared to Manchester United, it's it, it's enormous. Uh, but for the last three years, is the most successful team in Cyprus. Three times into European group stage, uh, one championship, one cup. We were first during the COVID year. Probably we could have won it that year as well, and. Especially with uh, Henning Berg, your friend, we have yeah. a very successful uh, uh, European route. We just, we get passed through Dinamo Zagreb, Restar, and we disqualified from um, the playoffs from Olympiakos, you know, from Greece. Yeah. Um, overall, I, I think that um, this year with Mr. Lennon. We have a pretty good squad, but it still needs time to to bond together. Many new players. The, the, the team actually needed this restart, refresh, let's say. So, lots of new players. Probably our, our best players haven't even been, you know, integrated into the team yet. I'm, I'm, but to be honest, I'm not expecting much from the game tonight, especially if uh, United, uh, as I think, will have a very strong lineup. So. But very confident as an Ammonia fan, very confident as a United fan. Mr. Berg has uh, contacted me earlier and he's going to come and meet me at Paphos Airport in the morning because he's not got training. His team are top of the league. Top of the league he's yeah. a good manager, Henningberg. 
He won the league in Poland. He's won the league here, which is a good league. People don't realise how good the league is here, considering the small population. And you had a lot of good players. Jordi Cruyff was working out here as yeah, well. In yeah. And uh, yeah, so maybe Henning will be on this podcast a further further down because I I really like him. He was probably the only guy from the '99 treble team who I didn't really know. And at the start of this year, somebody said to me, "You really need to meet Henning." And uh, we met in May. We got on really well. Uh, we went to a game. He kept getting recognised for being Eric Ten Hag. <laughs> we walked around Old Trafford. I introduced him to all the guys selling United We Stand. And uh, I, I then told someone else who knew Henning, who was from his country and played for Manchester United. And he said, you know, seems he's a serious guy, but if you get to know him, he's really dry, really funny. And... He obviously came back here because he likes this island and he's a good manager, so maybe he'll be on further down. I'm really looking forward to the atmosphere tonight because I know that the fans in this part of the world can create a good atmosphere. Uh, am I going to get a good one, even though the stadium's open? You are going to get a good one, but not as good as you would get like three, four years ago. Because, do you see this sort here? Yeah. This is... Um, so this is a shop here, it looks like a football bar. It's yep. called Pac Almonia Official Shop. And yes. Yeah. Okay, this is People's Athletic Club Almonia Official Shop. Right. Um couple of years ago when in 2018 uh, most of the um, Gate 9 was uh, the ultras. The ultras let's say of Ammonia. And um they didn't like the, the, the fact that the, the football team was sold to someone to, to make a, a football club out of it. It did not belong to the to Omonia anymore. So they created a new club. This is here is your official store. Ah, so this is the new club. So, yeah. Gate 9, I believe, was the best ultra group in, in Cyprus by far. And um, I, I really think that you'll have a nice atmosphere tonight. But unfortunately, not as nice as you would receive like four or five years ago. I'll show you some videos later on. So, so you've done. You've written an article for the new United We Stand, and there's some brilliant photos in there uh, of the ultras. Your brother is part cousin. of them. Yeah, cousin. Yeah. Some really good pictures in there, and, and that uh, that magazine will be on sale before the game in Omonia. We're going past the soldier there. And when I woke up this morning in Larnaca, my hotel was full of Egyptian soldiers. In Egyptian, yeah, from the United Nations. Okay. This is a courier, by the way, you'll see tonight. Right, so you're showing me the, what we're going to see inside the stadium. So are, are there a lot of soldiers on this island? Is it all UN? Are these people keeping the dividing line? Uh, okay, the United Nations are uh, to keep the peace in the green line, as it's the called. The green line, yeah. But the National Guard has power in Cyprus as well. Um, the Greek power of Cyprus, I know how the English official name is, but both Greece and Turkey have personnel in Cyprus as well. Cyprus has its own army as well, and the United Nations have army here as well. So on this island, there are Cypriot army, Greek army, United Nations army, and if we crossed into the occupied part, Turkish army. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? 
Yeah, as far as I know, no. But Actually. I, I imagine that the United Nations have many Egyptians, Argentinians, yeah. for some reason, I don't know why. I mean, there are many nationalities here that can say that I work in the army in Cyprus. Actually, the British have got two huge bases here. The British have, yes, which, okay, uh, de facto is not Cyprus soil. It's it, British it's, soil, isn't it? It's considered British soil, yes, so... Is that an issue? Not really. Uh, personally, I don't like it, but I understand that it's also a safety measure, let's say, to have British soil in Cyprus. Yeah. And Do you see British soldiers in everyday life? Do, 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 yes. Do they I, leave I, the base? Because I, I went past a, a bar yesterday in Larnaca and it said discount for soldiers, something like this. Yes, most of places, you know, kiosk and everything have like 10-15% discount for soldiers because... Um, the army is mandatory in Cyprus. Everyone at the age of 18, when you finished high school, you have to go to the army. It was two years when I went to the army. Now it's 14 months. So almost every male in Cyprus, when they turn 18 and finish school, they have to go to the army. Okay. So, yeah, we're very familiar. It's, it's not unfamiliar for us to see a soldier passing on the street. Uh, all of us have a gun in their place. Yeah. In, in case of, you know, uh, when we, we call them... A feather is like when you finish the army and you're no longer a soldier, yeah. you have some equipment at home yeah. in case anything needs to, you know, unfortunate needs to come up and you have to go, you have everything ready at home. Right. I'm surprised how big this city is. Yeah, it, it, it is big. It, it expanded one way because of the occupation, you know, so we had to expand the other way. So it's much bigger on this side. Than on yes. the other side, yes, much, much, much bigger. bigger is more developed than the other side. I mean, there's like really modern condos and designer shops, and you can see there's pockets of money here. Yes, of course, we're we're a fully developed yeah. European capital, part of the EU, part of the EU since 2004. Yeah, apologies if I made mistake there. You're no longer part of the EU. We used I to know. be together for, for uh, some years. Yeah. I have it, to renew it, it, passports for travelling to UK now. It, it's a sore point, mate, and yeah, we, we're no. not we're not going to go there. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a sore, it's <laughs> definitely a sore point. Trust me, the bureaucracy that I've had to go through is. Uh, I know. And every time we arrive at new airports now, it's even even yesterday you you come through and it's like uh, EU passports here, and then at the bottom there's a little United uh, Union Jack for the United Kingdom and supposedly and it's easier to come to Cyprus from the UK I mean a lot of relations between the two countries and everything uh, I imagine it's going to be more difficult going to let's say Greece I don't know or other any other EU country can I have finally a, a score prediction tonight as we watch the sun go down over the stadiums over there uh, not no. yet we still have like a Six seven minute route. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a prediction. Let's say three nil to United. Who do you want to win? You said you support both teams. Be honest with me. I'm on you. I like your honesty. You've got a season ticket there. It would be a bigger deal. It's a way bigger deal if Omonia wins, and uh, I don't think that it's going to do United. Okay, reputational damage, yes, but I don't think it's going to do any damage in the chance of progressing to the next stage. And finally, is the Premier League popular on this island? And which which uh, teams are the most popular? Okay, actually, Premier League is very popular in this island. And Fantasy Premier League as well is very popular. Uh, we have uh, many national leagues and everything. The most popular teams are, of course, um, United and Liverpool in the island. 
and close third Arsenal, to be honest. I don't know if they're in general very popular around the Is world. Is this somebody's Cyprus. house up here? Yep. Wow. And yeah, Arsenal are, I would say, it's the third more popular team in the, on the island. But uh, a, a lot of Cyprus actually watch Premier League every weekend, every game. Right, we're getting closer towards the stadium now. Yep. So I'm going to taste the atmosphere. When did we decide to stop upholding free speech as a basic right? What's playing out right now at big tech companies and social media sites sets a dangerous precedent. Look, doesn't matter what your politics are or who you voted for. Everyone should have the right to express themselves freely. Sadly, the big tech monopoly has instead opted for silencing tactics and censorship. To fight back against big tech's control of the internet, we use ExpressVPN. Have you ever wondered how the free-to-access tech giants make all their money? Well, it's by tracking your searches, your video history, and everything you click on. By building a profile on you, then they sell off your sensitive data. But when you use ExpressVPN on your computer or your phone, the software hides your IP address from third parties. That makes your activity more difficult for companies to trace and to sell to advertisers. And it helps keep your online presence more anonymous. What's more, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cyber criminals. That's why ExpressVPN is rated number one by CNET, Wired, Tech Radar, and countless others. So let's stop allowing big tech to revoke our rights to free speech. Why not revoke their right to your data instead? Secure your internet with VPN. That's who we trust for our online protection. It's really easy to use. You can download the app or just a couple of clicks on your computer. Visit expressvpn.com forward slash united. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united to get an extra three months for absolutely nothing with our exclusive link. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united. So it's the morning after the game. In Cyprus, Ammonia 2, Manchester United 3. I got back to my hotel in the centre of Nicosia about half past midnight and then woke up at 6am to take a taxi to the bus station, to take a bus to Paphos on the western side of Cyprus. It's a big island. I think that's, I can see my plane coming in to Paphos Airport actually. And at Paphos Airport, Henning Berg came to meet me. Henning is the manager of the um, local top flight team here. He won the league twice with Ammonia. And I spoke to lots of Ammonia fans about him. And they were glowing in their references for him. And I'm not just saying that because he's driving me to the airport now. I mean, if you win two league titles, you're going to be popular as a manager. So we've been down to a beach and... He's complaining because there's one cloud in the air and he reckons he's not seen any. So it's, I mean, it's October and it's absolutely beautiful and probably very different to where Henning grew up in Norway, where it's probably about minus 10. Well, maybe not in October, but coming soon. Um, what first attracted you to the Mediterranean beachside football club of Paphos with ambitious intentions to do well and a stable football side? Hi Andy, how are you? 
No, uh, what first attracted me to Paphos was I've been in Cyprus for, for three years, so I, I knew about them from earlier, but what attracted me to, to Cyprus in the first uh, three years ago was more like a coincidence. Um, Omonia came, they wanted to, they told about the, what they wanted to do, where they were. It's an historic club in, in Cyprus who who had big problems, but uh, wanted to do change it, and, and uh, we did, so that was... Uh, from a professional point of view, a very interesting project and uh, very organized. I must say I was a little bit surprised by the level and the, the way people worked there because I did not do, know too much about Cyprus before I came. But uh, looking at, uh, we have three teams now, we play in Europe, one in Europe, two in Europa Leagues and one in Conference League, I think. We have uh, two teams who play Champions League qualifications every year now. So, so the level is good. Um, there are many, every team has 15 foreign players, more mainly foreign coaches, so it's, uh, it's a good level from a football point of view and of course uh, the, the weather all year round makes it a, a very comfortable place to live, but uh, there is no doubt for me the, the football is, is the most important and I here I'm able to work um, with good teams, good players and the good clubs and, and compete at a good level. The atmosphere is good as well. The fans seem really passionate. They are mad. So the the, the Mediterranean uh, mentality and the emotions. So when you do well, it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> when you don't do so well, it's not so good. <laughs> you enjoying living in, in Paphos? Yes, I do. It's, uh, it's on the coast, of course, in Cyprus. But uh, it's, um, it's not the biggest city. But um, it's, it's a nice area short distances from the training ground to the stadium, to the city, to the beach and uh, it's, uh, it's a nice place to live. Lots of British tourists come here, do any of them recognise you? Uh, some do, but uh, the older ones. <laughs> what but, did they say uh, to you? No, no, they just uh, they look and then some come and say hello and uh, remember the times in United and things like this, but it's, it's um, the young ones, they, they don't have the same, uh, same history. You've, um, you mentioned United. Do you watch much of Manchester United these days on TV? Yeah, of course, I am football interest, so I, I, I have always followed teams and United for sure. They is with what they are doing and the team that they have and the players that they have and the changes that they made is is for also from a football point of view very very interesting. So, but uh, having played there myself, uh, you, you follow the, those teams a little bit extra. So it's. Uh, and the level that they play at is is normally at a, such a high level. You can learn a lot as well. So it's uh, I enjoy it, and um, yes, I do follow. Do you keep in touch with any of your former Manchester United teammates? Uh, not so much. Uh, I'm quite busy with my uh, my own jobs here, and uh, when we bump into each other, we always speak. But uh, okay, maybe Ronnie Johnson in Norway, I do have some contact with and. And every time we, we meet up with the, with other, when I go back to Manchester, okay, if I see somebody, we speak. But it's not like I don't have too much time to do that. Apart from David May, who would be the craziest person to have a night out in Ayanapa with you from your former teammates? Uh, I, I, you cannot take David May; it's not possible. Um, yeah, but uh, no, David, of course, would have been the, the favorite uh, crazy guy. Um, I don't know. To be honest, uh, you know, the Norwegians, they are quite sensible. So I, I, I could not say too much about that. Um, no, I think Ayanapa, 
I think I've never been out in Ireland. I've been there for three years, but we have the pandemic as well. So, and I, to be honest, I'm a little bit too old to go to Ireland. So, I'm, uh, and as a coach, you cannot do it too many times either. What type of coach are you? Are you strict? Are you a disciplinarian? Have you taken a bit of Fergie into your style? I think if you if you've been with uh, Ferguson for. Uh, years like I was uh, if you don't take anything from what he did then you will you would be stupid so I hope I'm not stupid um, but of course uh, Ferguson is Ferguson and, and every people is different and I try to do what I think is, is right of course uh, in football if you want to be successful you need to have discipline uh, but you also need to have um, uh, the, the, the fun the enjoyment uh, the motivation and, and to see all the positive sides as well and you just need to find the balance how you manage this group and this group and this player and this player it can vary a little bit but uh, the, the end result must be that uh, everybody follows how the team wants to play and everybody are enjoying themselves and feel that they can be the best they can be when they play in your team Like Ferguson, you've won the league in two different countries as a manager um, I think that is the only thing you can compare us with <laughs> but, but seriously the, the, the standards are good here and the Polish league Legia, Legia Warsaw are not a village football club they're a huge club yes they are a big club okay in Poland there are 40 million people so Legia is one of the biggest clubs there so there is no doubt that uh, that is a big club with a big following um, at the, in, in a league that is okay I would say the Super League is better than the Polish league You're looking at what they do in Europe as well so um no, I, I, I am happy to, to be a coach and to work as a coach, uh, head coach here with, with, in this league, with these players, with these teams and with these ambitions and trying to, to, to create something. And you came within one day of winning the league in Hungary? Yes, uh, it was very close. Uh, the team was maybe 15 points behind Ferenc Varos when we came. Which team was it? It was uh, Videotone, it was called then, now it's Fehervar. Um, it's uh, in a little town, uh, half an hour from Budapest, called Sekesh Fehervar. Um, and uh, it's do you, yeah. Do you know Videoton's most famous ever game? He's probably against uh, was it United or was it against Roy Hodgson's team? Because I, I spoke to Roy Hodgson once, and and when I was in Videoton, I said uh, I am in Videoton, and I said Ah, Sekesh Fehervar. He said. And I was like, what? How do you know? And he said, he told me a long time ago he was there to play, have a, have a team there. I don't know which team it was, but uh, yes. Videoton knocked Manchester United out of Europe in uh, 1983, I think. I was absolutely devastated as a 10-year-old boy. 1983, 1984. Um, I'd never heard of them. And, well, yeah. <laughs> if you mentioned the word Videoton to certain Manchester United fans, then... That's what they will remember. Yeah, I should have known. I should have known about that. But okay, we finished second that year. Could have won the league in the last day, but we we lost away. We needed to win the team that we played. They needed a draw, and they won one zero. So we finished second. But we had a good season, and we were close. What did you make of United Ammonia against your former team? Uh, you look at the fans. It was unbelievable atmosphere at the stadium. Um, I think Ammonia did well to to make it so close little bit that United did not play as, as they can do or should do but uh, Omonia in, in many parts of the game defended well and, and had some good transitions and uh, the way they scored uh, the last goal as well is 
he was fantastic for to see. Uh, the guy who scored the goal was a young kid when when I was at uh, at Omonia. We took him in, and, and he's a central defender but can play in midfield. And for him to score a, a, a goal again, a proper goal against Manchester United uh, in a tournament like this is is a dream for him. And I, I'm so happy for him, for him to be able to to have this experience is uh, is what every kid dreams about. And a lot of people listening to this will be Manchester United fans. I can't not ask you about your time at. Manchester United and promise not to mention the word San Siro in this do you, when you reflect on it or do you reflect on it because I, I speak to some football people and they're just always looking forward uh, do, you, do, you, do you look back at your time fondly at Old Trafford it's a long time ago Andy yeah <laughs> so but um, no I, of course some sometimes you are asked about it and then you think about it but uh, it's not something you think about uh, daily but when you are asked of course you do think about it and uh, I always look back on it as something that is um, uh, a great time uh, to playing in, a, in such a good team with such a good players with such a good staff and a manager was something that not many people are able to do and I feel really privileged to be able to, to be part of that group um, and uh, I could not ask for any more I know at that time when I was there I did not go around and felt very happy all the time because I was competing for a place in the team I wanted to, to play I wanted to win it was a pressure and uh, you, you were prepared and you were a professional footballer so uh, looking back at it now I thought maybe I could have enjoyed it a little bit more but at the same time you are this competitive player and you want to do well and you want to play so for me it was um, a great experience, great experience. Four Norwegians are at the time. Yes, it's crazy. You once told me that the only man you've ever seen mark Zinedine Zidane out of a game uh, was Ronnie Jonsson. Yeah, no. Did Ron Ronnie pay you to say this? No, no, he don't know. He would not pay for said. I'm sure he. I promise you. <laughs> but uh, he will. Uh, he, he don't need to because it's the truth. Is uh, he could be the best man marker I think ever. Um, because uh, he has speed, he has strength, he can read the game, he can turn on a, on a penny and uh, he's actually good on the ball as well So and disciplined. But Ronnie, he could play central midfield, he could play central defender in Norway. When he started he played right wing and as a striker as well. So, so he was, Ronnie Jonsson uh, played striker, right wing, central midfield, central defender. Yeah, you, would, you wouldn't put him in goal. You wouldn't put him in goal? No. And Eric Neverland was a young striker, and then there was another guy um, from Christiansund. I've forgotten his name. Yes, yes, yes. He used to score a few goals. Huh? He scored a few goals. I've forgotten. Yeah, one or two, and uh, scored one in Camp Now. I think in 1999. I'm not sure what he went yes. went went on to do. But uh, no, it, it's not normal. Uh, but at that time in the Premier League, there were many Norwegians. I think we had about 20 Norwegian altogether at the time in in Premier League at the same time. But uh, to have three and four at Manchester United in, in a, such a successful period for United as well is <laughs> I did okay I don't think it will happen again you should never say never but uh, it is very strange from a little country like Norway Thank you for your time good luck for the rest of, of this season with Paphos I'm sure that people listening to this are going to start watching out for your results and um, maybe we'll see you at another Legends game at Old Trafford soon uh, thank you very much. I'm not sure about the legend games. I'm. Uh, You're I'm a bit old, actually. I'm, last I'm getting, time, weren't I'm, you? I'm getting too old for that. I'm, uh, my Achilles and my back is is not made for that anymore. So, 
I, I unfortunately I, I cannot do and now with the games we have and the work here it's not possible either but uh, I did enjoy it until I couldn't play anymore we're now back at the airport in Paphos who are you playing this weekend we play Paralimni at home on Saturday we had a cup game on Wednesday so we won that one and now we have a another home game so we, we have to be ready for that I was going to come and see a cup game but I landed at the time of kickoff, and I looked at higher cars and it was really expensive yes. and yes. I thought and I, I told my wife about and she said oh she, he's a really nice guy go and support him <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not driving one and a half hours to catch the last 35 minutes of a cup game no, no. but you did alright without me we did alright uh, we made the eight changes to the team so we are okay as well so uh, hopefully we should be we need to be okay on Saturday, and I, I ask, yes, thank you. Thanks for the lift back to the airport. So that's it for this podcast. We'll have another one out after Everton, and we've posted out the subscriptions to United We Stand. We might even have some copies on sale at Everton away. We should have some, definitely have some copies on sale for Ammonia at home. You'll be able to download the digital version from Wednesday in the shop from Wednesday as well 